It's time for the Little Agency That Roars podcast, a podcast that connects you with talented and brilliant people. And that's all of us. We are available wherever you stream your podcast, so go ahead and find us and subscribe. I'm your host, Michael Fasoni, and let's get started. All right, man, I'm ready when you are. Okay, you're good? Yep. You sound good? Sound awesome. You can hear yourself? Let's do it. Oh. Okay, I'm sitting here with Tim English, writer, producer, podcaster, film critic, yeah. film writer, yeah, screenplay writer. Yeah, filmmaker, author. You're working on one now. We can probably get to that later, maybe. Yeah, man. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Michael, it's good to be here. <laughs> good to be on this side of the, of the uh, podcasting desk. It's good to be talking to Tim English. Okay, so this is how I'm best going to entry into your film world. Help. Okay. What film groups are you in? I am a member of the Kansas City Film Critics Circle. I am the uh, treasurer. I'm a, on the board of the KF, KCFCC, KCFCC.org, if you're to check us out. I don't know if we update our website very often, but uh, we are one the second oldest film critics group in the country. Really? Yeah, next to New York. And you're the treasurer? Yes, sir. How long have you been a member, let alone treasurer? Uh, I've been a member for 10 years now. I've been on the board for five or six years, I was just like a regular board member, and uh, then I ran for um, treasurer when uh, another guy kind of stepped down from his duties. And I've been doing this for been that for like three years now. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I have to, you know, I, I handle their 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 bank account, and but it really is just like, you know, we have to pay membership fees every year. So I collect those, uh, put those, put that money in the bank, and then that goes to paying for our two meetings a year. We meet in the summer and in the in the winter. Uh, winter for awards and summer for you know other stuff. You know, just kind of add new members, uh, kind of figure out what we're going to do for the year, stuff like that. But if I'm guessing, that gives Kansas City a local representation nationally when it comes to voting on films or having a representative in, in our, our state? Uh, you know, not necessarily. Um, unfortunately, Kansas City gets looked is getting looked over more and more, our market, um, because they only consider like Kansas City, Missouri, that, that demographic as the Kansas city market rather than including, I mean like the greater metro area, which puts us, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, You know, for example, we have, you know, our weekly film screenings, you know, press screenings, some are, are, you know, public is invited to and some aren't. Um, But that was run by a company called allied, um, and they do, you know, they do them all, you know, have offices all over the country. We used to have one here in Kansas City, and they consolidated down 
closed our office and we're dealt with uh, out of St. Louis now. Like all of our all of our stu- all our studio rep contacts for the, for our local office, you know, they're all through this company called Allied. So if I have, uh, you know, with Warner Brothers or let's say Avatar is out right now, um, if I wanted to get an interview with James Cameron right now, I would have to go through um, the rep who dealt with our screening. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I'm not going to get it because I'm just an idiot in Kansas City. You know, as opposed to you know a bigger name like Sean Edwards would get an interview because he's 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 our he's our national representation and he actually does a great job of. Um, Is he in Kansas. the cir- circle with you, the critic mm-hmm. circle? No, he's not. Okay, so you know Sean. Okay, no, I don't. So hold on, one more question. Okay. So Kansas City has a circle, but and St. Louis also has a circle. Uh, but yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes. It's just like a you know no. they have a film critics group sure okay but we, but Kansas City uses St Louis's um, office and resources um yeah that's just kind of where they're based out of so uh, if I you know like hey I'm gonna give away posters on my podcast the guy my contact is in St Louis okay yeah. so now wait now you bring up a national representative that's outside of the Kansas City film circle do what now. You were saying how um, Sean is in the national. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he, representative from Missouri or Kansas. Or just because both. you know he he does Fox Four, um, and he's very involved with uh, the Critics Choice. Uh, he helps start like uh, like the Black Critics Choice Awards, and uh, he's helping open up a uh, museum, Black Film History Museum. It's going to be over. Um, off 18th and Prospect, kind of over there. Okay. Um, they actually had like their first uh, induction. Inductees were inducted like several months ago. Um, but you know he just does a lot of stuff, you know. And but that's outside of the film critics. Oh, yeah, because okay. all all we do is we get press greetings and uh, uh, we vote for awards. You know, that's really what the studios want us to do is give them pats on the back. Oh, great screenplay. Oh, great cinematography. You know, stuff like that. So each award season you get all the... Yeah, I mean, we, we we choose what awards we give out. We have, oh my gosh, I think maybe 15 awards that we do um, each year. Uh, you know, from best best film, best director, actor, actress, writer, um, sci-fi horror movie. Uh, this year we're doing Original Score, which is a new award for us. Um we do uh, started doing a few years ago best LGBT movie award. So you know, got to be inclusive, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's fun. You know, we get together twice a year, uh, eat pizza, tacos, wherever we're at, and uh, you know, it's just a bunch of movie dorks. You know, dorks. You know, men and women. You know, so it's it's pretty cool. Lonely is in it now. She's been a member for a couple of years. Okay. Okay. What's re- what does it take to get um, a screener? How do you get those? Okay, so my I got I, I got started getting press access in 2012. Um, I wrote for a website called examiner.com 
And I did movie reviews, TV reviews, recaps, I mean, anything, you know. Uh, I was the national uh, lost, uh, like, writer. For oh, their, really? For their, yeah. Um, like, I did TV stuff here, but I covered a lot of lost. And then one of, you know, somebody within the, um, within that side, that side no longer exists. But, yeah, they emailed me. We were like, um, you write a lot about lost, so... Um, you just want to, you know, write it under this, you know, instead of your, you know, Kansas City TV, you know, because it was one of those where you could have different kind of labels that you wrote over. So I wrote, wrote under Kansas City movies, Kansas City television, um, and then wrote, yeah, as a national, I mean, and you get paid per click, you know, so there was sometimes what I made, it was a pretty good side hustle, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but so I wrote about Lost for like the last couple of seasons of the show and. You know, it was fun. Did that ever parlay into other writing gigs for other shows or movies? Uh, not necessarily. Um, Examiner closed down. I don't know. I mean, it was always good on my resume. You know what I'm saying? I well, mean, of course. It was always, uh, you know, I mean, it helped me get interviews and stuff like that. I, there was somebody that did. Uh, he's not here anymore. I'm trying to think of this dude's name. He did a visual effects. He's out in California now, but he worked on a couple episodes of of Lost. And so I got to sit down with him, and he was showing me at the time stuff he was working on for like a future episode, which mm-hmm. was really freaking cool at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I was a total Lost dork back in the day. So how do you keep pursuing your um, your film critic access? How do you get that access? Oh, 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 okay. So um, back back then, so Avengers was getting ready to come out, the new Avengers movie. Okay. And I wanted to have a review up because, you know, it obviously mattered on your, your clicks, you know, how soon you get that, you know, article up. Get, you know, obviously get into that, you know, that news feed or you whatever. want to get the article up as soon as you can. Yeah, you know, because you're, you're, so you're go you're, see it or see, be the first one to see the right. screener, be the first one to write the article. And I found out that there was a screening, and I was like, "That's it." I was like, "I have to see this." You know, it was freaking Avengers too, so I was like, "I have to see this movie uh-huh. you know, like immediately." Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I worked with, a, I got a hold of Cindy Rogers, who at the time, um, and she would be another great guest for the show, by the way. Um, uh, but she was head of Allied at the time, the Kansas City office, and uh, she now kind of does her own PR company, and but she reps Sony for Kansas City. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I and she got me one seat into the movie like that. I mean, it was like that day, you know. But I had to submit, um, you know, links. You know, this is who I write for. This is, you know, I mean, they're a national thing, you know. So they get probably about this many hits or impressions. I can't remember what um, they needed at the time. But a lot of times if you just can show that, hey, I, I publish, I do a podcast or um, what I, even if I just had my own website, you know, um, you know, if you show your publishing links, it'll get your press access. And, you know, and then being a part of the Kansas City Film Critic Circle, a lot of times will get me access to screenings without public there, you know, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but, uh, you know, during the, uh, right now, 
uh, like I said, you know, they, they want our votes for awards or our own awards. So they send us uh, movies, DVDs, you know, screening links for just about anything that's coming out right about now or anything these studios want considered for awards. Um, and a lot of times we get swag, like shirts. Um, last year I got like a bottle of wine from uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's like her, uh, she had a movie uh-huh. and, you know, and so they send out, you know. And sometimes, you know, we'll get something really cool. Um, uh, a Dolly Parton autograph. Really? Like a signed photo, yeah. Um, and, you know, every now and then it'll be stuff like that, just something that's kind of signed by one of the actors or a signed poster. I've got a signed uh, Hurt Locker poster that's signed by Jeremy Renner and Catherine Bigelow. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Just somebody get that swag. You know, and anything I don't want, we give away at the uh, um, Oscar show that I host. You know, Oscar night. So, so yeah. in in a perfect world, ideally, you would be able to watch all of the screeners and go to all of the screenings, and then write immediate follow ups on all of them, so that you could up yourself in the SEO ranking nationally as a film. Yeah, reviewer essentially. Yeah, and then yeah, and then that helped me. Yeah, which is impossible, but you probably pick and choose the ones you wanted to. Right, and you know I write. You can't see. The, I mean, or can you see them all? I write significantly less or fewer reviews now than I used to, but because um, back then, yeah, I would try to hit every. I guess educate me this way: Are we talking one dozen films or four dozen? Four dozen per how often? <clears throat> I would see. I would. That's a good question. I generally see when you get one sc- to two movies per week. No, no, no. When you get your screeners for awards, just for oh, how many do I get? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I probably. Oh man, we probably get 40, 50 movies. Okay, I and, mean, so, and that's where that's where I was asking that a lot. I mean, you know, and question. then there's the 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 smaller studios or uh, independent, you know, studios that push out. You know, documentaries and so you get it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what I was saying. Those are the ones where ideally you go see them all, write reviews, so that way you can get pushed up. Yeah. You could be Sean Edwards, or I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, I, I did TV there for a while, but it, you know, that's it's a tough gig. I'm not sure if, if it was for me or not, but okay. Um, you know, because they wouldn't just say nice things about the movie, even if it's and you know me, dude. I'm just always like, um. <laughs> I mean, it had Jennifer Lopez in it, and she's really good looking. But you know, I mean, this movie was freaking awful. Um, but yeah, go see it. Sure, go see it. You know, whatever. Um, but I was, you know, because I can never, I'm never gonna blow smoke about anything. You know. Okay. Um, but you know, I did whatever. I was on TV for a while, and that gave me access to the. What I was in the Critics Choice, I went to the Critics Choice Awards a few times, and that was cool. You know, that was, you know, the national. And, that you know, you get even a little bit more swag, big books, and, man, they send you just a ton of shit. It's great. Oop. Excuse me. Excuse your excuse me, audience. I don't know if that matters, does it? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, so now talk about the Oscars. Uh, that's, this, a, that's a different endeavor. This year's? If you want. Or sure. Just in general. Yeah, I mean, every process. Every, Every year I host uh, I, uh, the Oscar watch party <clears throat> at 
Screenland. I've been doing that for maybe five years, and I got into that through, um, well, the the uh, the writing um, outlet that I write for now, which is scenestealers.com. Um, but yeah, uh, it used to be kind of a scene stealers thing, but a lot of those writers have kind of moved away. You know, the, the guy that ran that, Eric, or runs the website, Eric Moline now lives in, I think he's in Sacramento. He was the gu- guitar guy, air guitar guy. I don't know if you knew this uh-huh. dude. He was great. He, he won like a freaking air guitar world championship. He's, he's like he's like in a couple of bands, you know, but he won a freaking like world championship air guitar contest. Um, this is, yeah, he, he's an interesting dude. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, was right for Seeing Steelers, and we host this every year. It's fun. You know, we get a bunch of people in a theater. We watch the awards on, on the big screen during... Um, Commercials, we give out, we do trivia questions for all the prizes, and people will donate all the stuff they got from studios, whatever, that year that they don't want to keep, you know, posters. Uh, man, last year, so much, so much stuff. It's crazy what all they send, but um, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. It's free, you know. How many people put that on? Um, well, this is, you know, Screenland is the host. Uh, that's Adam Roberts. He's the, he's the owner of that place. And then last year it was, it was more of a real hooligans thing. Like I had, um, like it was myself and David and Lonita and Patrick Moore and just a couple people that I have on my show from time to time were the, were the main hosts of it. Um, so yeah, we've kind of, I think taken over as the. Good. So it's like kind of a CNC sailor slash real hooligans. That's a good kind thing. of event now. Yeah, man, it's cool. And uh, you know, we we tried to adapt some of our our show into the into the uh, the the that even because like on our show, we'll if I get enough people, we'll play games. But it'll be games that I create. I create. I'll, I'll write all the questions, and we'll play games like um, according to Tim. And it'll be like, you know, this is the best Spider-Man movie. And it's not what objectively or subjectively or, you know, anybody, it's what does Tim think? You know, but it'll be like really obscure things. Um, You know, I'll just mess with people. You know, we'll play, uh, uh, I did one that was like a horror villain um, dating game. And it was like, um, dating, you know, like ads, you know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. it would be like describing like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger okay. or stuff like that. Uh, we would do, um, uh, what was another popular one? The, um, oh, like fake descriptions of movies, like bad descriptions of movies. Like uh-huh. I, I, I got this idea from some TV guide thing, posted a description of Wizard of Oz once that was like, um, young girl um, crash lands in fantasy land and murders the first person she sees and <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage with, you know, a lion. And a, I mean, it's an incredible, you know, so I would come up with like, you know, whatever, like the 
kind of popular movies, like stuff we've talked about recently on the show or stuff that was kind of in pop culture at the time. And I would create these, you know, little funny little. And so I would play these games with people and I always have, you know, T-shirts or whatever to, to give away or stuff like that. So we kind of did that a little bit with uh, the show like last fun. year. Yeah, dude. It, it, it used to be really crazy. I mean, it was real hooligans. So I would generally have like, uh, it would be me and David and then we'd have like three other people. I mean, it'd be like five people. And, you know, I'd get, it'd be friends or film critics, you know, or, you know, actors sometimes, you know, just in the local area, um, you know, people I've met in the filmmaking world or whatever. And uh, I like to read some of those. Yeah, man. It's fun, dude. It's a, it's a film show. So, so yeah. So if, if you're listening and you're into the Oscars, you should go to the, I, I don't know what date, it's in March or something this year. So it's not for a couple months. When will you know? Well, I mean, it, I, the date's up. I just don't oh, know. Okay. I just, gotcha, yeah, I mean, gotcha, I, I, I'll gotcha. con- I'll contact Adam like two weeks before and be like, "We're doing this," and be like, "Let's do it," you know. And and then, you know, I email everybody in the group and be like, "Hey, okay. donate stuff," and they're like, "Cool." And you know, I mean, he gets stuff at the theater too. So just we have like this huge prize table, you know. I like it, that. It, it is just a bunch of movie geeks, you know. You know, everybody. It's just yeah. people that love movies and. Uh, usually there's like a drinking game, um, you know, we, we'll have, you know, somebody will, you know, it's changed over the years. What other groups are you in? That's it right now, man. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Real Hooligans. No, oh, let's do it. What is Real Hooligans? What is Real Hooligans? Who is Real Hooligans? Okay, so Real Hooligans is a, the, a podcast I've been doing for about six years now. And hold on, that's R-E-E-L. Real Hooligans. It's a clever play on words there. Just right? making sure. that yeah. they Real Hooligans. You, you know, you can find us on all your podcasting channels, right? Um, but uh, yeah, we started this about six years ago. Uh, I used to do a show called The Tim and Lo Show with Lonita Cook. Um, who you haven't heard yet because we did an episode and then, <laughs> and then I don't know, man, what, you know, science, whatever. <laughs> it got lost. In uh, the yeah. Z-com. So, so we're going to get Lonita back on, on the show. So Michael can <laughs> Come interview back, her. Lanita. So, um, but she and I did a show for a while cause she, we met through examiner.com. Okay. Cause you know, um, she was, she was also doing, even though you know, you're both from here, Kansas City. Right. You know, they just had good writers, you know, and, uh. So I would see her articles pop up in the feed or whatever, gotcha. and I was like, "Oh, she's from Kansas City, you know, and she's cute." So you know, at mm-hmm. you know, at the at one of the screens, I was like, "Hey, I'm Tim. You know, I'm also with Examiner.com." She's like, "Oh, right on. Yeah, I read your read your stuff or whatever." Uh, we got to know each other. We did a show for about a year. Um, then I don't know. My life was kind of crazy. I don't know what I had going on at that time, but. Um, just kind of went our separate ways for a while. Oh, and then, and then we were doing TV, and we did, you know, she and I were both at uh, doing KC Live. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Weekly. And then, yeah, and then monthly. We were doing that like weekly. Cool. Like I would, do, I think she was doing a week, then I'd do a week, they then she'd you. do a week. No, okay. it was just we were just guests. Um, and then sometimes, you know, for you know Oscars, holiday stuff, mm-hmm. they'd bring us both on or whatever. Um, where are we going? Then Real Hooligans. Okay, so... So it evolves from you and Lanita. Right. To you and... 
Right. So me, so it got to the point where I was like, I want to do something else. I want to do something kind of crazy, you know, not necessarily Joe Rogan crazy, you know, but I wanted it to be fun. I wanted, you know, it to be kind of not a party, but you know, yeah, something you'd sit and have a drink to, and you uh-huh. know, and um, so we started off, and uh, it was me and uh, uh, David Kane, who who has been my podcast partner for years now. Um, and just a few buddies of mine, you know, one, one dude, he was a real wild one that I worked with at a, at a bar once, uh, but he was really smart about movies. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was literally, I mean, we were sitting there, um, drinking, smoking and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, a and it was like two hours long, <laughs> but we would do like different things. Like we would talk about, you know, we would have like an overall theme and but I would kind of break it down and be like, okay, here we're going to talk about the movie, uh, or we'll talk about news, you know stuff that's going on in, in in the news or whatever. And then we'd move on to the movie, and then we might play a game, you know. And it would be you know you'd you have, have structure. You'd, you'd have kind of segments, you know, so that if you were listening, you could stop listening after thirty minutes and come back and listen to okay. kind of something else. Um, and then I don't know, just after a while, uh, it was just David and I, you know. And every now and then we'd it was we'd have a third person, uh, you know the show just evolved. You know what I'm saying? And uh, most of the time it's just he and I now. Um, but you know that kind of changed because of COVID, more than anything. Once COVID happened, it was just you know people didn't really want to, you know, sit down in person. You right. know what I'm saying and, and do it. So how do you know David? David and I met well. Also, in that in that magical summer when Avengers came out, uh, he worked with Jenny. Oh, at your wife? Yeah, my wife Jennifer. Um, they, I don't even. She worked downtown somewhere. I can't even remember where, where this was. Uh, one of the law firms she worked for down there, and uh, yeah, it, I think it was one of those like. They would talk about movies, and she was like, "Oh well, my husband, you know, is a movie critic, and uh-huh. he would read my stuff." And I think uh, when I wrote my Avengers review, I think he, you know, he'd reply to me on Twitter, "Oh, hey man, the, you know, a great review, you know, look, you know," and uh, you know, Jenny was like, "Yeah, he seems like a pretty good dude, you know, he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, he, he's always saying that we should go out with him and his his girlfriend at the time, you know." Um, and so we just hung out, had a lot in common, you know, and, uh, just kind of went from there. And then he, he always describes himself on our show as the guest that just never left (laughs) because the idea wasn't going to be that me and David were going to do this show. He just was the guy I talked to about movies a lot. So I was like, we should be on my first show. And then he was like, I'd love to do it again. And then he, you know, he was on the next one. And then it was just like, as the, as the structure changed, he just, was right there. Is it always you too, or do you ever was, go solo? Um, I've done. I think I've done maybe one or so solo, or you know, but uh, it's never that much fun. Oh, in, anytime I did that, it was whenever I had an interview with like a celebrity that David just wasn't in on. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like when I did, uh, I interviewed Richard Dreyfus one time, and uh, you know, and that was just a show where I kind of did like a thing for about 20 minutes just to give it some filler, and then I tacked on the interview kind of at the end um, or in the middle, you know, cause I did a little bit after it was about 30 minute show or so outside of the interview. Um, but you know, mostly he's, he's been right there. So who else have you talked to? Oh man. 
Um, You've talked to a few people. Yeah, I've, I, you know, another good story I have is uh, uh, this again. It involves Lonita. Um, but uh, Marlon Wayans was in town. This was 2013, 14, right around there. Whenever, uh, was it Haunted House? Do you remember those movies? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they were they were they were kind of like you know the spoofs of the paranormal activity right, yeah. or whatever. But um, he was in town doing stuff for Haunted House too, and uh, he was on Casey Live when we were both there. So we met him there, and then we got an interview with him, and it was really cool the way this worked out because it was like. Uh, that was also the weekend of Planet Comic Con, which is in downtown Kansas City. Yeah, Bartle. So, um, and we were supposed to be there on Saturday, right? For, you know, we were just going to have, we had, had a table. We were going to sit there and record a show and see if we could get, you know, whatever guests, you know, we could, uh, you know, just go along Celebrity Row, though. Be like, hey, we're doing a show. Can you do an interview or whatever? And uh, the timing of it, they're like, well, he can meet you on Saturday at, this time, and I was just like, well, you know, we're supposed to be at Comic-Con, you know? And oh. and so I was like, hold on. And I contacted, I mean, I basically contacted the guy, you know, uh, Chris, his last name slipped my mind right now. He's, he's the director of that, of Planet Comic-Con. And I was like, look, man, here's the deal. <laughs> I was like, I've got, um, I was like, I'm interviewing Marlon Wayans. Yeah. On on my, I got an interview with him. I was like, but I'm supposed to be up there for this. I was like, so, um, can you get him in? And he was just like, oh, Marlon Wayans. You know, he's not a guest here. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I've got an interview with him, and he's going to be there. I just need, <laughs> I just need to know how I can get him in. And I mean, obviously, when I mean, he all of a sudden became like the biggest person that was there. Yeah. So we had this really cool. Um, interview with them where you know because once people realize they're like holy crap is that marlon wayans just sitting over at this you know <laughs> uh, you know all of a sudden the people that nobody's like oh you know podcast n- nobody nobody cares about your podcast um all of a sudden it's like oh let's go see what yeah, marlon wayans has to say so we had like a t- like a crowd gathered around us um you know and he was a cool dude you know um and this was like after we saw the you know we got kind of got to know him a little bit that week because we went to the premiere of his movie which was up in what's that Barry Woods, the AMC over there, yeah. AMC Barry Woods. Oh, oh, Barry. Yes, I thought you were saying the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I the, the movie was on the movie. Yeah, the, no, the movie was yeah, on House Woods, too. AMC. Yes. we got to go see that with like he was he was like in the in the audience, but that was, that was pretty cool because that was like totally like no 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 dude. I'm bringing a guest to you. I just need, yeah. you know, and huh. I was like, he's not, gonna, he's like, not going to do photos, and he's not going to sit here inside, you know, because he's not all of a sudden going to be, because that's how they make money, you know, when they go to these conventions, you know, and you come to their table or whatever, and you want an autograph, you know, you got to pay for it, you know, most of the time right. you got to pay for a selfie or whatever, or the official photo or whatever, but um, you know, so I was like, I was like, he's going to come in, he's going to do this can, interview. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, I think they were like, well, will he, will he do a picture with us? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so he did a picture with like the Planet Comic Con people. Do you but, a discount? Um, oh, yeah, dude, I, I, I got in and I think um, by yeah, then, by the then they were like, yeah. they're like, well, now we have to move you. Um, so they've had us like in the middle of the, of the floor and everything. And, 
it just ended up being a pretty cool deal because I think that same day we met, uh, we interviewed Daryl McDaniels, Daniel from Run DMC. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was there because he has like a comic book. I was going to say, what's he doing? Yeah, he has like a, uh, he has a comic book and, uh, you know, so we got to interview him and um, there were several other, you know, smaller actors from little bit sci-fi TV shows or whatever that we interviewed that day, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I've had quite a few celebrity encounters and he was funny because we're sitting there with him and um, at one point when we were done... He was waiting for he was waiting for something, and so we were just kind of sitting there talking. And he was talking about uh, just talking to Owen. Owen was sitting there, and Owen was I mean, how old is he now? Sixteen. So that was you know he was like eight, <laughs> you know. But he just got to have this really cool moment with the celebrity, mm-hmm. you know. And Marlon sat there and was like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" And you know, it was really cool with him. So they've gotten to the point where you know when they meet celebrities, it's just like whatever. Because they've it's they've met, they've met so Your many children. yeah my kids even you know at this point they're just like whatever you know so. well, a lot of of, of uh, a lot of your art and film history is rubbed off on your kids mm-hmm. all of your children are involved absolutely in one way or another in some type of um, yeah they're all they have been acting you know there's always you know my daughter's studying costume design in college right now so tell them where your son was just uh just got or is still for the holiday for yeah, 2023 man. uh my youngest 2022 i guess got to do the the you know if you're if you went if you're in a band the band in high school you know most schools get to do this i think at least they do them like once every 4 years so that everybody kind of gets to experience it or whatever but he got to go to Orlando to go to the cheese it bowl uh, which was Florida State versus Oklahoma um, this year. So he got to do that, and he got to go to Cocoa Beach and Universal and Disney, and, you know, he got like a you know a week away from home. He got to be, he was at uh, Epcot Center at midnight on New Year's Eve. You know, That's but, cool. Yeah, it's, it's a cool experience. I mean, at that age. Yeah, he got to go perform on the field in front of like 60,000 people at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that's what, it was and your pretty, other son's really into films. Yeah, Nick, my oldest is Nick. He he's a he's he's kind of like. Do you ever watch Lord of the Rings? Okay, the first three. Yeah, three Lord of the Rings, Aragorn, the guy that becomes the king by the end. Mm. How at at the beginning he's kind of uh, like hiding from his destiny. That's kind of like Nick. I think he just kind of. <laughs> it's like he's like yeah, I could do that, but then I'd have to you know do something. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so, you know, it's like he's just not, I, he hasn't figured out what his path is yet. And I think that's all he needs to do. But yeah, Zoe's in college studying costume design. She wants to do, uh, I don't know. But she's also a very good visual artist. Yeah. She's a, amazing. Go with paints. Yeah. Paint, sketching. Go with a brush. She, she's incredible. Not sure what type of paint she does, but. She does. Well, she dabbles in all of it. She loves oils, watercolors. Nice, um, dude. Yeah, she does a little bit of everything. She's Killer Quinn Art. If you want to follow her on Instagram, look at you plugging Killer Quinn Art. Yeah. If I'm gonna be on the show, I'm gonna plug. What's uh, <laughs> What's your real hooligans Instagram? Um, et cetera, et cetera. Website. Uh, it's been dormant for a while. Real hooligans. You just look us up. Okay. Pretty much anywhere. Um, we're getting ready to have a revival. Uh, David moved to Baldwin and it kind of just threw us into a, 
Missouri? Is that Missouri? Kansas. Kansas. It's like south of okay. Lawrence. I'm smart. Um, so we just we don't have time to get together anymore, and uh, not for podcasting anyway. And so you know, we're getting ready, getting ready to hit it again though. Let's do it. We the two of you, or you're going to do it solo? I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both. Gotcha. You know. Now let's transition that to yet another Tim project mm-hmm. tied to film terror terror on the plains. Terror on the Plains. That's T-E-R-R-O-R. On the Plains. Is he David part of that? No. Okay. This is something, another, from that magical summer of 2012. The Avengers article still? No, no, no nothing to oh. do with the Avengers this time, <laughs> but the same, the same year. Um, okay, that's a big year. I was in school at UMKC, and I had a couple of friends that... Um, at the time, we were going to do these. These girls wanted to do like an international um, short film contest, you know. And so, it was a a film festival, especially something like that. It's very there's a lot of work, obviously, that goes into it. So mm-hmm. it's like you kind of kind of got to know what you're doing. So at one point, I was like, "Hey, why don't we have like kind of a dry run?" I was like, "Let's see if we can get." Um, a theater somewhere and do like a, a horror film. You should, like horror movies, uh, yeah. We should say we should preface that. Yeah, yeah. This is the summer, so it was just it was. I do love horror films, but it was also like kind of what was coming up. Like it was this was during You're the down summer for horror anytime. Oh, obviously. I mean, it's you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so I was like, let's do like a a horror thing. You know, we'll get some short films from around the area, and. Uh, <laughs> We'll show like you know a classic horror film, and we'll give away a bunch of prizes and stuff like that. And um, our first year, we were at the Mission Theater, which is on Johnson Drive. It's like a, a kind of a party venue now. It used to be like a, a movie theater. Oh, okay, back yeah, in the day. yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, it's yes. over. Yeah, it's over there in Mission. Um, and then let's see. After that, we went to we were at the Alamo Draft House for a couple of years. In North Town? Uh, I mean, in downtown, downtown, yeah, downtown. 14th and Main, uh, which that was cool because one year we did. Did that close, Tim? It's a, it's a B, Alamo closed, but it's a B&B now. So it's a, it's a movie theater again. B&B is just a chain. Oh, okay. There's a few of them around town. So the gist of the film festival, though, before, before I go into to, to more of it is um, we, we would get local, you know, local Short horror films. And uh, I think the first year we showed like Army of Darkness with it. But it was always kind of something to, to kind of showcase local film talent, you know, stuff like that. And so each year <clears throat> we've shown kind of more and more. Uh, like I said, we were at Alamo Draft House for a couple of years. And that, w- that was cool because we showed Halloween. And um, Halloween premiered at that movie theater like back in this, whatever, 77. Oh, cool. Because, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't know they had a hit. They were like, oh, this movie's going to uh-huh. suck. So let's just open it in Kansas City. Right. You know, and see what happens, you know, and it blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of cool. And I was in that theater, so that was, that was kind of cool to be able to do that. Um, one year, um, we were at KIF. We were just part of the Kansas International Film Festival. 
we were just just like a a block, you know. It was you know, and uh, after that, oh, I had one year where I didn't do much because I hurt my back and I had like back surgery, so I couldn't. I think I didn't. I kind of got the films together, and I, but I kind of was passing everything off. Um, the Independent Filmmakers Coalition in Kansas City kind of took over there for a year or so. Um, and I made like a guest appearance at the, when they did it, you know, it was just like, I just walked in. I was like, Hey everybody, thanks for coming out. Um, my back hurts. So I gotta go, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I shouldn't be walking right now. Um, and then after that, that's when I was like, okay, I'm taking this back over. Um, I want to do what I've always wanted to do with that. And that's take it to the drive-in. And so I got a hold of Brian Neal at the, um, the drive-in over there in KCK, um, Boulevard Drive-In. And um, just like, look, man, let's do this. He goes, okay, well, if we're going to do it, you know, it's got to be two nights. You know, I need, I need two, two nights. Because he was basically extending. He closes down and then goes on vacation. You know, like, because he's working all summer. and um, So I was like, all right, so we, we do it now where it's like the first night. It's like the short films. And we now, we now we get them from all over the world. You know, before it just was Kansas City, and then it was national. Oh, wow. And now I get them from all over the world. Um, How many are you getting? Oh, my God, dude. I get I get so many. It's crazy. Because I go through something called filmfreeway.com. Do you get so many that you can't show them all? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Dare I ask how you choose? Um, Is that not something you want to say? Well, I mean, you know, it, I, ha- I have myself and I have a couple of the people that, that watch the films and we score them. Do you watch all of them? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, generally, like if there's some that I that I see early on, like every now and then I'll see something and be like, "We're not gonna," you know. Mm. Some are just not. Sounds like an endeavor. Good. It's very overwhelming because I most. I mean, except for that that part, I do a lot of this by myself. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't have. I mean, um, I don't really have like a team of people that that help me out. So it's like, um, you know, we do these two nights get these all these films and you know then we started doing awards you know one year i was like let's give out awards so i do like a oh let's see we do best local filmmaker and that's basically it's basically a best local movie also you know but you know but we put the focus on the filmmaker uh we do we added a best student filmmaker and i got i got like a deal from uh uh casey art institute where they like donate like you know a class or a discount on a class or something like that. Um, our man Jim McCullough, mm-hmm. he he sponsors the best local. Is it the best local or does he just do best film? I can't remember because now it's been a few years since mm-hmm. I've done it. But um, and he just offered like a just like a package for special effects. You know, like five hundred dollars towards cool. Um, whatever. So, it, you know, it, it got to be pretty cool. Um, that was Jim McCullough who was on our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. For, he's he's a great dude. Ignition, uh, what? Owner of uh, Ignition FX. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so then we do, like, the second night, it's just, you know, we'll do, like, two two horror movies. It'll be something a little bit more family-friendly that friendly we do first, like Adam's Family, something like that. And then we do something scarier after that. But we get, like, vendors, and that's how I make that's how I make my money or make any money back is, you know, most the money I get for, 
the films that get submitted because there's like a submission fee. Mm-hmm. That all goes to whatever I need for mm-hmm. to put the show what together. What type of vendors? Uh, you know, people come in, the crafts they make, you know, stuff like that. I've had everything from um, this one girl does kind of like little witchy. Well, let's sell it. What time is it this, when is it this year? Um, well, it first is, of all, you, you sure. stopped having it in COVID, right? Right. For obvious reasons. So right. 2020, no, right? Or yes. Yeah, well, yes, 2020, because... 2019 was the last year I had Or no, because, yeah, that's right, Michael. Spring, okay. I was going to do it last year, and then it was just, I was... uh, Okay, so no 2020, 2021. Okay, so here you are, 2023. Yep. Well, when is it? It is... um, Oh, geez. Put me on the spot. That's okay. Um, It's like, I think it's the... Last weekend of September, so I it's it's like the thirtieth. Um, it's like the thirtieth, the first, something like that. Uh, let me see if I can get that real quick. Um, I like your right socks. What's, what, what's on your socks? Iron Man. Is that what? Is? <laughs> All right. So let's see. Oh wait. Oh, that's another Brian. Darn it. So here we are. So yeah, let's do September 30th, October 1st. So yeah, it's that last weekend, which is better because for a while there we were like mid-September. At the Boulevard Drive-In. At the Boulevard Drive-In. It'll be two nights of awesome fun. How much is it? Uh, it's usually like 20 bucks to get in, I think. A night? Um, or no, I think we do 20, 10, 10 bucks a person. Yeah, okay. per night. Okay. Each night, yeah. You checking trunks for a... Bodies and making sure they're not hiding people into the dri- sneaking people in the drive-in. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> what people do. They, they used to do by car, but now they do per person. You know. So. so, so I can go. I can expect what some refreshments, some vendors. They will have uh, some local crafts. Yeah, local crafts. We always get a bunch of cool vendors out there. Um, no, no food trucks or anything. They because they're trying to run off their supply and their concession mm-hmm. stand. So, what time is it? Um, we get started. Uh, like about six o'clock. I think the gates open about five thirty. You go late, o'clock. don't you? And then yeah, I mean we go however late the movies go. You know okay. what I mean? So I'll have I think generally now because we'll well the gates open at six, but we don't don't start till the sun goes down, which is I don't know eight eight o'clock or so. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, in, in 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 the fall, and so then we'll do like it's like a good two and a half hour block of films. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we've gone from getting, you know, Hey, we got six movies this year, guys, you know, mm-hmm. to, I mean, and, and there's been some years like they're towards, especially that last year where I was like, God, some of these are really good. I just don't have time to show them, mm-hmm. you know? And so there was kind of talk for a while about, you know, finding other place, but I don't know. It's, you could put them online. It always seems like a good idea. And then nobody, yeah. then nobody shows up cause you're spreading it too thin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can I? Where can people find more information about terror on the plains? Uh, I just go to the, just find us on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the best one. I had a website for a while, but I, I don't. Like I said, it's like it's just hard to do everything. So it's like just Facebook. Eventually, I'll have uh, information about the uh, um, when you can start submitting films and stuff like that. And the thing is, they're like you know the films are like ten minutes long. You're like you can't. It's nothing over ten minutes. Okay. And so that makes it interesting because you have. To like tell a story and be kind of scary, 
in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's I get more of a parody. I mean, you know, because horror can be fun. You know, it can be funny also. Um, so I do, I do get a good mix of, of films that are kind of scary and then kind of, you know, a little bit more of like a mock you horror type, you know. Do you get a lot of repeat winners? A repeat, at least top contenders? Yeah, I, I get a lot of people that, yeah, that come back, you know, and they're like, hey, dude, you do, are you, you know, are we... You doing it this year, or, you know? The, no, no, I mean on the submission side. Oh yeah, that's what that's like what I mean. This, oh okay, yeah, like they're, the same they're, guys always in the yeah. top favorite, you know, top ten. I, I haven't given awards out to anybody twice, but um, but I, I get a lot of people that are that are in that, you know, if uh, I'm trying to think of a, a filmmaker off the top of my head, if Jill if Jill Gervajigan, um, Jill Six, as she's known as, uh, if she submits a film. She's going to be. I'll put her film in. It sounds like a fun name. Who's this? Um, oh, she. What's that? <laughs> she's a, a horror filmmaker here in town. She has a movie called. Um, Name's Jill Six. S I X X. When can we get her on the podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah, whenever. Um, she's a she's a cutie too. She but she's really talented. She's got a movie called The Stylist. You don't have to be pretty. Which I have a. A cameo in a movie, you know, and it's... Is that the one you did, like, two years ago? Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Or it was before COVID. Yeah, yeah, like, right before. Yeah. R- right right before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have, I'm, a, I'm just, like, a, a creepy dude in a coffee shop or something. Um, but it got a lot of national acclaim. I mean, you know... Really? Yeah, it was on a, you know, it made a lot of, like, top ten horror movie lists of the year. So... Did you get a credit? I mean, you know, I'm on IMDb. <laughs> That's all that matters. You know, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll try to get her on too. But yeah, man, um, I get a lot of got get a lot of repeat filmmakers, and uh, you know, it's always a fun night because it's like a party. I mean, you know, you know, they sell beer at the at the whatever concession stand, and um, like, you know, usually we have a DJ for a while before the movies start, and. What's attendance usually? Uh, it's like we've topped out. We get about five hundred or so. Wow, you know, three hundred, maybe three hundred. I think five hundred. We got one night for like one of the double features, but it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. man. You know, and then you know, it's it's always fun because I get up and like oh, like we started doing the awards, and when we do that, like the judges that I get, they see those movies that night. So it's also kind of a. Um, you don't have too much time to think about it. Right, which which makes... And I basically, uh-huh. you know, I give them like a score sheet. You know, uh-huh. I'm like, Here, here's something to take notes on and judge them by, and you know, you can write down. Can you say what's on the score sheet? Okay, I mean, they're, they're judged by by acting, by production, by scare. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, stuff like that. You know, the, you know, the values of a horror movie, you know. and uh, But then, it's, then I go, you know, I'm like, I get them together right after. I'm like, hey, everybody, we'll be back here in about, you know, 15 minutes. Go get a drink, get back to your car. Um, I'm gonna go hang out with the judges. I mean, it, so it makes it just—it's very, mm-hmm. um, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then everybody comes up by the the concession stand, and I get out there with a mic and sing. Yeah, yeah well, you know, I, I announce the winners, you know, whatever, you and know. So you it's it's fun. So yeah. And that's September thirtieth. Yeah, and October first. It's a Friday and Saturday. September thirtieth to Saturday. And yeah, October first to Sunday. Oh, is well, maybe it's the 29th and thirtieth then. Uh, it's whatever the fr- is a Friday. Oh no, yeah, and then my next text. Sorry, 29th and thirtieth. 29th and thirtieth. It's the Friday and Saturday. Make sure I have the right year. 
since we're fresh into 23. Yeah, 2023, baby. Uh, Jordan here. So yeah, your 29th, 30th. Boulevard Drive-In, yeah. Tear on the Plane, six no Sundown. Merriam Lane and Casey. Sundown till sun up. Sundown yeah, until Tim sings. Let's just we call go late. It. let's just do it that way. You know. What when you it rained, that sucked, but it was also kind of awesome too because you know, it makes it kind of creepier. You know when you're watching the scary movies. If it's not movies. a bad rain, I imagine you could still see fine, right? Yeah. I've been in the drive-ins and yeah, yeah, yeah. how long? Yeah, yeah. I think I went once or twice and I was that's fun. It's always fun. If you're listening, come on and see us. It's it's a great time. Um, kicks well, off Hall- come out this year. That kicks off Halloween season, I think. You can just chill in your car. Yeah. And watch a movie. Yeah, man. That's I mean, you know, and whatever you do in your car is <laughs> um, It's that kind of it's that kind of thing. Do you want to talk about advertising at all? Yeah, man, whatever you want. Well, no, it's not whatever whatever, I want. You, whatever you whatever you want no, to ask is, me. You know the gig here. Yeah, I know. It's all about me because I'm beautiful and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Talented. Tal- oh, that's right. Talented and beautiful. So Tim English is my podcast producer. Yes. And you do a damn good job at it. Thank you, sir. You know, um, you know, we're it's, still it's fresh. nice. It's nice to just kind of sit there and and let the podcast happen in front of me rather than be the one like in your, in your chair and. As much as I as I like hosting my show, you know, it's just sometimes it's just kind of interesting to sit there and yeah, it's more work than I thought. Make sure it sounds good. <laughs> it is. It really can be. It's a lot more work than I thought. It is. Um, but I will say, um, having said that, I think the um, some of the heaviest lifts, to quote Henry Rollins, I think come from you and Leah. I mean, you do the copy, you're doing the producing, you're doing your own audio right now. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. You have headphones on, and you have the Zcom. <laughs> I call it a Zcom. I don't care what you guys call it. Um, Explain that another day, maybe. Um, you know, Leah did the logo. Leah did the graphics. Yeah, I had nothing to do with any looking. of that because I didn't want to. Um, but you do a hell of a job with, um, you know, everything: the music, the show, putting this. I'm talking about. Um, the little agency that roars podcast specifically. You do yeah. a hell of a job with this one. Yeah, man. Um, it's fun. So, yeah, advertising. You've been in the advertising world for a while. Yeah. Also about, also about. well, going back to more like 2009, I guess, I, was, I started writing. Um, I got laid off from a, I was teaching at La Petite Academy. Like, for a while, I was going to be a teacher. I really wanted to be Indiana Jones. So I was going to like go and get like my teaching degree and go teach like high school or, you know, something. Archaeology. But th- I was also going to like take archaeology classes. That way I just had that knowledge. Be like, oh, wear well. a leather hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I got my fedora, you know, that I wear <laughs> sometimes. And, uh, and I don't know. At one point, it's like, so I was, I was working and I was, uh, I got a job at a La Petite because, you know, something that kind of gave me an educational job while I was working or for an educational degree. Mm-hmm. And, 2009 happened, and you know there was like the recession, yeah, uh, that fun. year. So I was the school age teacher. So basically, that meant during the summer I had everybody all day, but during the school year um, I would you know help out with other rooms. I'd drive the bus, whatever I need to do. I'd make lunch. I'd sit in, you know, while the other teachers needed breaks or whatever. I'd sit in their classroom while the kids were taking naps or whatever. Um, but then my kids would get there after school, you know, I mean, you know, my class. So when the recession hit, that's very expensive 
ride home from school for your kid. I mean, a lot, you know, what these places charge. So it was like the first thing that parents were like, sorry, we just can't afford, you know, to do this. And so, you know, there were layoffs at the school. And I think I, I was one of the highest paid teachers there at the time. So I was like the first one they'd let go or one of the first. And so I was like, all right, man. I'm going to be a writer, so I'm going to do something. So I started writing for Examiner. That was about, that was about when that started for me. And uh, I got a job writing for a lawyer, um, doing his basically just SEO articles, you know. Yeah. And uh, learned a lot. Um, it was really interesting. They were weird because then after a while they were just like, well, we're going to hire other writers, and they're basically just going to copy and paste stuff you've already written and then just change the facts and I was like, I don't think you can do that. I think Google will figure this out. <laughs> but keep you. Uh, they actually, for a while, they wanted me to show everybody how to do this. And I was like, you want me to show people how to copy what I'm doing? Um, so that was kind of weird. Um, but it was, it, it was also kind of, you know, just sad at times because I'm a lot of times writing about like children dying or uh, traumatic brain injuries and stuff like, you know, it was just like very weighty. <laughs> material um yeah and then I, I i went back to college and i was like you know i'm gonna study film um but also i'm very realistic i knew i wasn't gonna like get a job in film when i was done you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. I, I wasn't leaving kansas city at the time and you i mean you can make money in film here but it's very hard mm-hmm. um and so advertising kind of became that 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 thing for me that I kind of got into creative outlet. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was something I'm all, I'm always, you know, movies, I'm, I'm into movie trailers and I'm always having to <laughs> sum things up and, you know, so it's like, I, you know, um, I felt that that would be something I'd, I'd be good at. And uh, I was like copywriter, you know, probably a lot of places I can, I can be a copywriter, you uh-huh. know? And, uh, I met Darren Rubinek doc, who was your creative director there for a while. And he was like a speaker in one of my classes. Oh, okay. And uh, we were doing a, we had to do like a, a presentation or like a pitch to Guadalupe Centers. This is like our final, I think, one year. And he, I think, kind of came in to kind of, okay, well, show me what you're working on and, and let's hear what you got. And I, and he, I think he then would give us tips or whatever. But he was like, hey, <laughs> um, when you're done with school, come talk to me, you know? And, um, so yeah, that, that may, uh, I came in and talked to him, met you, Carol, and spent that summer as an intern. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> I that, 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 that would have been the summer of 2014. <laughs> so that was like eight years ago. I mean, yes, I remember you being here. Yeah. So I was, I, I was like I, the... I, I was, remember the steps. I don't remember that you were Yeah, it was, it was the... I had, I had a desk in the back. Um, and then, like, well, it was like for the first couple hours of the day, I sat out by the phone. And sometimes I answered it. And mm-hmm. sometimes Tony would. And, you know, mm-hmm. just... What year was this? That was 2014. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, man. And then you know, we, you and I have just kept in touch over the years. And a few years ago, you needed a writer, and back. He's back. Back, man. Doing lots of fun things. It's been a blast. What do you? Prefer? Now I'm on your podcast, so it's like top of the world, man. <laughs> <laughs>
know about that. <laughs> what do you prefer, writing or producing? Um, I I don't know, man. I like to do both. I like you know, it's it's a lot of fun to write something and then to go out and and make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, I remember one of the first um one of the first commercials that I wrote that it, like I really like helped develop something was uh the pyramid roofing mm-hmm. back where it was like the the car salesman that would come to the door, you know, and I think you guys did like a couple, but I helped with that very first one, um, where it was like the rotating, you know, different, Mm -hmm. uh, guys and you know, what it was like. And, uh, I remember, I think we shot at, uh, Darren's mom's or something like that. And, uh, but Mike Wunsch was the, he was like, you know, from outpost Mm -hmm. who's going to be another guest on, on our, our show here. Um, but I, I think I stepped on his toes a few times because I was very, and you know, I had written this character and I was just like, no, 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 this is how you do it. Say it like this. And he was just like, I'll direct this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just like, uh, I wrote this. Okay. Yeah. You want to just, I mean, you know, so it's like, you know, it's, but it was, you know, you learn these things and, you know, and uh-huh. he was paid to do a job and. Writer was getting in the way. True production, <laughs> but you know, but it's you know, it's it was it's fun, and uh, you know, so that was, that was always one I, I was very proud of um, from when I worked here before. So, yeah, man, it's, it's a blast, and I get to come and talk to you every day, and you you love movies, <laughs> and um, you know, so it's like we have a good a good. Uh, you do consume a lot of media. Yeah, that's awesome. So we do get to talk so about many. That. So I was thinking about the other day. I was trying to kind of think about how much stuff I watched last year. First of all, I, I listened to 56,000 minutes on Spotify. You don't have Spotify, right? No. Well, at the end of each year, you get kind of like, you know, it'll pop, you oh, get a pop up and it'll, su- it'll sum up <laughs> how much you no. I was in, I listened to um, like more Spotify than 93% of their listening audience. But a lot of that's because, you know, I just, I just have it going all day. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, some of those metrics are weird. Right. So I saw, I, I saw oh, I'm over 100 new feature films for 2022. This doesn't include all the, st- all the horror stuff that I've been re-watching because I'm working on a book also. And uh, so that's like this just, I mean, I just have watched every horror movie, all the horror movies, Halloween movies, Christmas movies that are re-watches, um, TV shows. I mean, so I'm just like, oh my god! I watched so much, you know, yeah, just so so many shows and it's awesome. so much content. It's great, Last, yeah. It? It's great because you know, for a while it was, you know, there was a lot, but there wasn't a lot at the same time, you know, because of COVID. And you know, I really, yeah, I was like, wow. Like, I, I keep like a running list of uh, all the movies I see each year. Uh, that way, when I get down to this time of year, and I had to start putting together my nominees to mm-hmm. submit for the Kansas City Film Critic Circle. Um, I have a pretty good gist of where I'm pulling my nominees from and what my top movies are that I'm going to submit and stuff like that. But I was like, I mean, nor- I don't know, 80? But, you know, this year, well over 100. So That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, man. Plus all the commercials you write. Yeah, plus all you the write. other stuff I'm doing. You yeah. write, and along with myself, a lot of local commercials. A lot of the local commercials come out of here. Um, Absolutely. And regional and other states as well, but whatever. Um, 
let's... I want to talk about your... Because you have a lot of endeavors. You said book you're working on. Is it a book or a film? It's a book. Paxico? Yeah. Can I say that? Yes. Paxico is a, is a book. I thought it was a film. No, no. It's no. a book. Maybe it'll be a film someday. Okay, so it's a book. Yeah. I just finished the first draft, actually. Okay, and talk it, about Paxico. Uh, you told me about it. Tell right. else about it. It is... Well, the, the working title is The House on Paxico... Paxico Hill. Um, it is something I kind of had an idea back when I was like in high school. A buddy of mine had family that lived in Paxico, Kansas, which is this very small town um, west of Topeka, about 20 minutes west of Topeka or so, um, out by kind of Manhattan and Wamigo. Um, I mean, literally like 200 people live in this town. I mean, there's like, there's not a gas station. There's like, a restaurant that's sometimes open. And Something about that town struck you. Yeah, I just was like, you know, it'd be kind of a cool setting for, again, something kind of scary, you know. And then five years ago or so, it was whenever I was working as an Uber driver, um, I, I kind of had this idea for... Uh, I, so I went down the street where there was like all these trees just kind of hanging over, and it just the the image of it really struck me because I was just like why did they plant these trees like the way they did oh they, they were down the middle so the road split and the tree row of trees was kind of like down the middle I was like it was, it's like a neighborhood so I was like it, it just kind of struck me visually and I was like alright so what if the you know my brain you know I'm, I'm doing you know my thing and I was like what if what if the trees are there to protect something you know I was like well, what would they be protecting you know and so I kind of started developing, uh, you know, what what has become this, and it, it has turned into the house on Paxico Hill, which is about three kids. It takes place in 1986, so it's like three kids move back to this house in Kansas when their grandfather passes away, and they learn that their family legacy is basically tied to living in this house and um, protecting like this tomb of this ancient demon who's like imprisoned deep under the ground but it's basically like they have to make sure he doesn't get out and or whoever lives in this house has to make sure he didn't get out and nobody tries to wake him up basically so you know it involves you know it, it's set in like the woods so I kind of use the trees and um, it's I call it a, a cross between the Goonies and the Conjuring because it's it's very much you know it's scary it's you know I've done a lot of research on um, like the occult and, and witchcraft and because um, that's basically what it is they learn that they're they're witches you know essentially and yeah so you know it's, it's, you spent some time you've been traveling out there haven't you yeah I went out there three times last summer we went once because I hadn't been out there in years. And then twice when I was like when I was actually writing like a couple of chapters where they go into the town, mm-hmm. I was like I have to go in. I have to take more pictures. I have to walk around these areas where I'm having them mm-hmm. so I can visually map it. You know what I'm saying? So when I write it, help you write it. Yeah. And uh, then we went out again in August because they do like a blues festival every August. And uh, yeah, so we kind of went back to just support something. You know, one of the only things the town Have you knows. written a, a book before? No. Lots of screenplays. 
That's my, what I'm curious, why a book and not a screenplay? Um, just because you're you. I think it would be, I think I just thought it would be fun to really, you know, a screenplay is 100, 120 pages. You know, you're, you're not, you know, it, it's he said this, she said this, they did this, cut to the next scene, he said this, they ran after this, they did this. You know, and it's, but with a book, you can really, um, I, I, as a writer, I can get in your head a little bit more. I think because if I make if I write a screenplay, if I sell it and it's on Shutter or if Universal buys it, it's going to go through all that. You know, somebody's going to rewrite it, and then the director's going to do with it whatever. You know what I'm saying? Then they're going to get some crappy actors. You know what I'm saying? But if I if as a writer and I'm writing a book, I I can I'm basically talking to, right to you. You know what I'm saying? So Control. Yeah. So I can, you know, I can very much, like I totally, like I have one chapter um, that's where I have characters go through things based on my wife's fear of The Quiet Place. Have you ever seen that movie, Quiet Place? There's Quiet Place and Quiet Place 2. Um, they're written and directed by John Krasinski from The Office, but it's like, it's kind of post-apocalyptic. Um, the family trying to cut, they're like, no, travelers and but it's all like these the creatures that are taken over all, they hear it based on sound so everybody so it's got to be constantly quiet okay. and if they hear anything they come right after you you know uh we went and saw the second one and this movie got so intense that she had to leave the theater she may have thrown up Oh my god! Like it was like she had like a whole like experience. Like she was walking out like Nick. I mean, it was like cr- like I was like laughing my ass off because oh, I could man. just tell that she was freaking out, man. Because it, it, you know, what it does, you know, is these movies. You know, they take your fear and they can really, you know, you know. So if you have like claustrophobia fears, you know, it's gonna it's gonna get you. So so, but I take these things and as a writer, I can I can have just I can write. Paragraph after paragraph, and just draw you in, rather than you know in a screenplay, it's just going to be like a couple lines of action and then a couple lines of yeah. Thought. But it's meant to have visuals paired with it. Um, I don't know. The screenplay is just bones. Yeah, we're all ugly as a skeleton. Yeah, we all look the same as a skeleton. When this, you start this, putting the, this just felt the set and the more immersive and for me to to draw readers in and and tell a story, spend more time with the characters. Um, be able to, you know, just talk about things that, you, you know, if I'm writing a screenplay, the only thing that's in the screenplay is something you're going to see on, t- on the screen. Not, you know, you, you know that. You don't need to say anything that's not going to be shown. So, you know, here, I, you know, you're allowed to, I can, I can talk about backstory, talk about how they got there, talk about, like talk about what they write, though, too. Yeah. You enjoy the writing process. No, it's, it's been very interesting and difficult because I've been writing scripts for so long. <laughs> that it gets it, it really like especially now that okay I finished the first draft and it's three hundred pages, and I'm, I'm I started going through chapters last night to just proof it you know and kind mm-hmm. of be like okay well I need to add this I need to fix this I need to clarify this, but so much of it early on is like you know um, he passes the passes the flashlight instead of he passed the fl- you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it's very much that how you write a script is different because you're using that. 
you need to cut, you know who loves to edit. Yeah, so <laughs> you know I love to edit. Yeah, my wife's going crazy because I've I've let her. She's she's read <laughs> she's read three pages so far. Three so, pages. Yeah, that's all I've let her read so oh, far. Okay. It's just, it's just she's read three pages. But you know, I'm gonna do a second cut, second draft here, and mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna start bringing readers in, and um, but it's, it's cool, man. You said readers? Yeah, let people read it, and you know, get, you know, like she'll read it, and I'll just have I'll have like six or seven people read it for me, and are you trying give, to turn and, into an give, audiobook? No, no, no. I just mean read it and give me notes. Oh, you know, oh, give me notes. Be like, I, okay, I interpreted that. Does it make sense? Wow, did I interpret that the wrong way? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We'll get to that, but yeah, man. Let's yeah. Let's so twenty twenty two was a pretty cool year, you know. I got that done. It was like a goal, and you know, when you when you complete a goal like that, it's it felt pretty good. Yeah, you did do that in a year. Yeah, I started writing it like at the beginning of last year. And I was like, okay, I was like, and that was after a couple of years of like writing, you know, pages of notes, and I'll go, okay, this is what you know, like outlines. You know, like, okay, when they get there, this is kind of what they're going to go through. Um, this is what they're kind of stuff they're going to find. I mean, they go into, like, catacombs. I mean, it's like, it. I compare it to Goonies because it's an adventure. Stranger Things. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's, but it's, you know. Without the nosebleeds. Um, but it, it's inspired by Stranger Things because I'm able to watch Stranger Things now and be like, yeah, I need my kids to kind of be like this. But, you know, I mean... It, Stranger Things wasn't a real deal, I guess. I guess I thought it was a screenplay or a movie because you had posted some some photos online. Uh, Facebook yeah, and I, again, because I'm very visual, so I have I yeah, have to, I, I do I do in sense. a way kind of think of marketing already about it, you know, and stuff like that. So you know, well, okay, well if they make a movie, you can't show anything past this chapter, and <laughs> you know, because this is all the fun stuff. This is the, you know, there gets to a point where. Um, like the whole book, it's like, don't go into these woods. There's like bad stuff in those woods. Don't go into these woods. And then they have to go in. And it's just like, you know, chaos unleashed. You know, it just it totally just like, oh, whoa, this is like a totally different, um, you know, think uh, From Dust Till Dawn, you know, the oh, Tarantino yeah. movie, you know, or uh, he wrote it, but Rodriguez directed it. Oh, that's right. So like the first half is like bank robbery. Yeah. And then, you know, that dude gets starts bleeding and she turns into and it just all of a sudden this vampire just flips into a you know mm-hmm. vampire massacre movie. I mean it's um, so yeah it's fun. It's been a challenge. I think that's mostly why I decided to do it as a book to give myself that challenge of you know lo, you know not long form. Obviously this is. Have you didn't Quentin Tarantino? You said his name. So I want to bring this up. Didn't he recently announce that he was start going to start making movies? He's always said that he's done after 10 movies. And his but his next... rationale was written. I've, I've listened to him on at least two podcasts, um, aside from my own. Just mm-hmm. kidding. Um, <laughs> and it, but his rationale was really interesting. Not rationale, but his, his reasoning for it mate, was really interesting. Um, he will squat on top. He will squat. People want more. He, you know, he doesn't want to outstay his welcome. He doesn't want to make bad movies. He doesn't want to make watered down uh, that movies. That felt like 20% of it. I felt like what I, at least what I heard, 80% of it was if I'm doing this, I'm just going to be sort of remaking the same movies over yeah. and over yeah, again. He, he doesn't want to make watered down artist, versions yeah, of movies artist, he's already I know made. That. Yeah. And as an artist, I don't want to be that artist. Um, I have enough money. 
I can stop. Yeah. And he, I think he knew, you know, I'm going to. Um, He's getting ready to do a, a limited TV series. He should. Um, he'd be great on. He'd be great as a TV writer, probably. So he's get, he's going to do that, and then I guess whatever that tenth movie is, because he's made, he's well, made nine films. So he's at he's at, he's at it. So so it's like he'll do this limited series, and that won't count. Well, you know that gives him time to. And he's always been you know several years between project type filmmaker anyway. Mm. You know, a few years anyway. He takes his time, kind of figures out what kind of a movie he wants to make. He probably sits around like I'm doing, just watches everything. What what kind of movies do I love? What do I what do I want to see? And then he kind of goes, Yeah, that's I'd, I'd love to see him do a horror movie. I think that'd be great. Do something like Rosemary's Baby. He'd be he's probably crazy. <laughs> Not probably. He is crazy. It would probably be like Jesus. I don't want to see that. <laughs> that would, I was like, that would be something we were like, my God, man, where'd you get this okay, idea? How's how's Kill Bill not a horror movie? That's just action. It's just bloody. Oh, I mean, come on. I mean, you know. How's Magnificent... Uh, what is it? Magnificent Seven? Yeah. Magnificent is Seven, Wild Bunch, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of horror in that. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot you know, of blood and violence. It's just, it's just, is that the Jamie Foxx one? What's the Jamie Foxx one? That's Django Unchained. That one. Yeah. There's a lot of violence in that. Yeah, it's just violence, though. It's not your I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to say in just violence. You know what? You're right. I mean, that makes him die hard with Chucky, and those are two different movies. One's violent and entertaining, one's horror violence. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I had that. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's yeah, a little out, bit more little action movie, head. action movie violence, you know, just exploding heads and crazy, you know, I mean, he goes so overboard on the gore, or not gore, but the blood. It's like cartoony, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. especially in the uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. But I remember. That's a great one. I remember he, he left. I think it. that might be his best movie. Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I feel like we really glossed over advertising. We can get back to like it. We do it five days a week. Yeah. Sometimes more, so we don't really. I can always come back and talk about advertising. I'm right. <laughs> I'm, I'm right over there. <laughs> but there's just a lot of other things, and we. I you know not that I don't want to be here for three hours, but. Um, Whatever. Because uh, I do want to get to another subject. Okay. Funko. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. I was like, we'll talk I, about Funko for sure. I I, I, it had totally it. slipped my mind up until I that. didn't forget about it. it was one. <laughs> because, oops, drop my pen. Um, like, I know what they are. I don't know what they are. But I saw a documentary on them once. And they're not like action figures. Tell me what Funko is. Tell people what Funko are. They are... Essentially, three to four inch tall vinyl dolls. But you don't play with them. No, you collect them and you put them on a shelf. And they have literally—I mean—they have tapped into just about every pop culture bubble that they could. But you have a big one that's like eight inches. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they started. Yeah. They they have they they over the years, you know, because they have to keep you buying them, right? So they have to change up, you know. So they have a six inch. Pops. They've got the 10 inch ones. They've, I haven't dipped into this one, but there's an 18 inch one out there. They're like a hundred bucks. I'm like, no, no. So are these monthly releases, weekly releases? Oh man, they're they're just they're, they're, they're released all the time. I mean, you know, they just come out. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, when I was a kid, I collected Star Wars figures. Uh huh. He Man. Yeah. GI Joe. Yeah, we all did. Um, 
best. And then obviously I I had two boys, so I was like, <laughs> we're gonna collect Star Wars dudes and Lord of the Rings dudes and Transformers and um, you know then Avengers came, you know the Avengers movies. So we have a ton of you know, and then they you know they kind of grew out of getting toys. You know, action uh-huh. figures. You know, they get, they just kind of got to they they still like them as you do. They you know, but they just you know, and I don't Funko's got big, you know, and there'd always be one that I was like, ah, well, we should get that one for Nick. I mean, you know, it'd be kind of cool sitting on a shelf or whatever. And uh, my wife was like, I'm just surprised. You know, it's like she's like an enabler. <laughs> she's like, are you sh- are you sure you don't want these? I'm like, and, and I know myself. I'm like, man, if I get that, then I'm if I'm gonna get Star Wars, then I'm gonna want you know. You know, and it's just going to be a whole thing. And we were at Planet Comic Con one year, the last day. Um, the vendors, you know, they always put stuff on sale. And I think there was one booth that was had a. They were like six for twenty. Because um, this was before they really got. I mean, they're popular, but not like they are now. You know, um, so I was like, all right, you know. And I got like a a Kill Bill one, a Star Wars. I kind of hit all my. Everything I kind of thought I, I liked. And, uh, you know, and then it just kind of, over the years, just got worse. How many years has it been? Uh, eight years. How many do you have? <laughs> A lot. Do you know? No, not an exact number, but it's in four digits. Four? Yeah. Over, over... Well, I would also say this. My kids all collect them, too, on their own. And so their collection eventually... What's that four-digit number start with? A one. Okay. (laughs) And then a comma. And then like a three or a four. All right. Um, But not a zero. uh, No. Okay. No, yeah, no. Um, Yeah, a lot. Well, because I've seen pictures like... that you post from time to time, and I'll see like a wall of Funko. It's a wall, and obviously you have some Funko here in your office at Fasoni. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I, from time to time, I've seen that this is a serious collection. Yeah, it's a serious. And thing, these man. things are seriously collectible. They are, and you know, and I, I don't know. I'm just a sucker, you know. So I'll, I'll buy like a bunch of Spider Man. I've got a couple of characters that I'll buy. Spider Man or Spider Man? All the Spider Man. <laughs> You know, yeah, so I'll, you know, a couple of characters that I just bought. All right, so here's a question yeah. as to as a collector. Because mm-hmm. you love these things. Things that I collect and love. Do you store them or do you display them? Um, well, is it like let's get this To be honest, they're they're all like most of the time they're in the their boxes, but look if I have I'll have some out and then but you don't want to take them out of the box. I'm not saying that. I mean, saying, do you put them in the box? Do you get them in so the I, box I have, and then put I, them into another box and put them into storage where they just like stay? Oh no, no, no. I mean, I do have some in right now because I don't have enough room. Well, how could you? Uh, you know, partially because my son moved back. I had like, you know, but like he moved. He moved out like a couple of years ago, and he moved back in like last summer. But he took your Funko room. Uh, he was he, like he lived out in like. Um, my youngest son moved into his room. Like this is all like the weekend he left. He was like, "Wow, well, you didn't even like let the body get cold." I'm like, "Dude, you're like twenty something. You left, dude. You're gone." And so then he was coming back, and I was like, "Oh man, that's where we're keeping all the the overflow." <laughs> <laughs> and so now I've got you know like I've got some that I want to get rid of you know because I'm just you know I'm at the point now where I'm like I don't 
uh-huh. need so many, you know, uh, you know, I can, you know, whatever. So I've got a few tubs of ones that I want to try to get rid of. And then I've got a couple tubs of just stuff like, I don't want to get rid of these. I just don't have. Because it's what? How big room. are they, you said? They're all three or four inches. And then with a box. But they come in a box. So you're yeah. talking five inches times 1,200. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and that's not to mention all like the, the ones that I have that I I two packs, that. you know, the and then I, they, the ones that are like two packs, and then they've got some that <laughs> it's crazy, Michael. It's just yeah, it's just crazy. This is just gonna sound like crazy cat lady stuff. No, it's not. Talking. This is why I want to know. Yeah, it, I like people who are obsessed with things, and you're obsessed with Funko. Yeah, I, I, I we did the horror film stuff already. Yeah, I don't think we don't want to talk about advertising right now. And yeah, and I got to the point where we had like a a list of stuff that we had pre-ordered and that list has dwindled down to like, I think we've, cause for a while there, they were like getting backed up, you know, COVID, you know, whatever. Oh. Um, so you'd order something and you might not see it for a few months. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So we had this like, and, and we got really bad about that, you know? So we would, I mean, I'm not spending too much money. I mean, Are I'm you in a club. I, uh, no, I'm, I'm not. don't look at me like that. <laughs> don't look at me like no. I'm the weird one I, I, I for mean, asking I mean, that question. Out, out, you have 1,300 Funkos. <laughs> well, I mean, outside of just following a couple of Facebook pages, I'm not. That counts. I'm not like in a club. <laughs> Do you meet up first watch on every Monday? Yeah, no, no, no. no. no nothing but crazy. Are you in a fa- this is that's what I meant. Are you in a Facebook group? Are you in a Reddit? That, that's, that's where I get. Are you in a, uh, that's where I get Instagram? tipped off to what's coming out. You know, so I'm okay, like, okay, okay. We, you know, and it's getting to the point now where we'll buy. You know, like I said, like. If there's a new Spider-Man, why is Funko not sponsoring Real Hooligans podcast? I don't know. I just I'm a small blip on the radar. No, you're not. But the funny thing was, you're on their ledger. We used to, um, (laughs) like, we used to like have a part where David would be like, "Okay, so we're back here," and he's like, "There's always something new to look at," (laughs) you know. And then you know, I think for you know, we did this episode arc. (laughs) Um, called the Jeremy Renner Project one year. Um, it's the second time you brought him up. Did he just get in an accident? He did. He was like, got, he was snow like plow. helping a motorist and he got ran over by his own snowplow or something. Yeah, it looks awful. Um, but yeah, we did this where it was like, okay, we wanted to prove that he, all of his movies were connected and that he was playing like the same person. It just, these were just all like different stages of his life. So we did this for like three episodes and we broke it into like, kind of like six or seven, you know, five, five years or so. And we did like all of his movies for five years then. And, but it was pretty hilarious because we did it from uh like, we'd be like, okay, so he started off, he was in like this little stoner comedy. That's when he was in high school. These movies he's playing, he was in college here, you know, we literally went through and. Like, okay, well, this one's kind of fantastic. So maybe this is just an alternate, you know, like a previous life, something like that. <laughs> but it was like, you know, we got to the point, like, and now he's working like as a government agent because, you know, his movies did kind he of. He makes a lot of army movies. He, that's what I'm saying. He plays, he's plays kind of like the same types of roles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they're all like different branches of his career. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just kind of, it was like a really hilarious. And it's after that, it was like, man, you love me some Jeremy Renner. And I'm like, uh-huh. I mean, I like him, but I just think he's like I'm. I'm trying to give him the credit that he's not just playing like the same character. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to say he's the same person <laughs> as all these. Di- you know, these are like different. Uh-huh. You know, it's just starting to have fun with it. But yeah, it really became a whole thing. 
Uh, that's how I ended up with that poster. I think somebody traded me something else. Like I had an autographed poster of something that I traded them, and they're like, "What do you want?" I was like, "Well, obviously, give me the Jeremy Renner poster because <laughs> it, you know it just has become this joke." But a Jeremy Renner Funko Pop was like our real hooligans little mascot for a while. We had said Hurt Locker at the beginning of this podcast, and wasn't yeah. he one of the stars in Hurt Locker? Yeah, he was the star of that one. That was um, one of his breakout. Was it really? Well, I mean, he'd done stuff before, but that was kind of what put him on that. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's a list, but he's pretty close. You know, it was an Oscar, Oscar winner. I mean, he didn't win the Oscar. So, what's the next Funko? Oh man, let's see. I'm trying to think if I have anything. What's coming out? I don't know, man. Like I said, I they do Stranger Things Funkos. Yep, Stranger Things, Star Wars. Avengers, DC characters, TV characters, movie characters. Well, Star Wars, they have to do like nine versions. Musicians. Famous people in history. They do some where it's just like... Can do, you have your own Funko? They have, they have some where it's like YouTube influencers. I'm like, first of all, who is this dude? Second of all, is there really enough people that are wanting to buy a freaking doll of this dude? That you're, um, I think you can. I think at the at the... They have Funko stores in like there's one in Hollywood. I think you can. Have you seen? I think you can store? pop yourself. Excuse me. Oh, sorry, that's not you. This has been a really good episode. Duh. <laughs> it's the end of the day. I know, man. I don't have my. Other it's court. fun. I'm out of Lacroix. I, also, I don't get interviewed a lot. This podcast so is brought to you I'm by usually, Lacroix. You know? I mean, it is. I usually do the interviewing, so this it's nice to. It's nice yeah. to talk a lot because I'm being interviewed. Um, shoot, what, 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 what did you say just before that, Tim? I forgot what I was going to ask you. I don't know. So you could pop yourself. Oh, yes, yes, me, me if you could make pops of yourself or something. Is that what they're called? Yeah, they're Funko Pops. I can pop myself. Funko's the company. I'm not even. Gonna um, go, pops I'm are not the. Go there. Pops are the the the, the ones that I collect. The store on the Plaza, Country Club Plaza here in Kansas City, where you can 3D print. A little um, no, but model should, of you. No, I've never been there. We should have little people made of. Yeah. Of you can choose like the uh, the scale. Cool. You know, I forget the how it works. Yeah. One one sixteenth, one thirty two, one ten, one full size. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they go that big. Um, what do you think Carol would do? Um, <laughs> She'd be like, no. Uh, but they look pretty cool. Um, I went. I don't know what the pricing's like, but it would be interesting to do. Yeah, we always think we're going to do something like that. I mean, there's, you know, collectors out there for Funkos that make their own. I mean, that you can literally, you know, if you can find them on a Facebook page or something, you can be like, hey, if I send you a pic, you know, and then they'll, you can. Oh, they're doing their own They'll do like custom. Yeah. I mean, I think all they do is I think they go and they get what they Get whatever Funko pops. Doesn't come with a COA, like the certificate of approval, though. No, 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 no. Does a Funko come with a certificate? No, so they're not like Garbage Pail Kids, where they, had, you know, Garbage Pail Kids had little birth certificates that came with them. Right. Do you remember okay. those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Xavier Roberts. That's right. Tattooed on your. That's butt. right. Um, I almost got that tattoo once, by the way. But I did a lot of things in my early 20s. Um, I think that was it. Dodge the bullet on that I think one. That was my Funko. That was my Funko education. That was that was the the finale. I don't know if that was the finale. But it's, it's, it's been a pleasure, the, Michael. The Funko education. Um, 
What else, Tim? I don't know, man. I think we covered all my all my, my movie stuff, you know. We have our, our awards here in a couple of weeks. So getting ready to submit all my nominees and stuff like that. Which show is this? For the Kansas City Film Critics Circle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I got I submit. So you have a lot to watch. Well, what I do now is I've pretty much watched. Well, I'll, I'll keep watching stuff throughout this week. I have to turn in nominees like this weekend. And then what happens is our secretary will, um, he'll tabulate, you know, because we weight them, you know. So if I think, I'll, I'll submit 10 movies probably, but I'll rank them. So then the first one that's in first place gets 10 points. Second place gets nine points. Third place gets eight and so forth. And then this guy basically sits there and, how many people like you are doing that and submitted? We have about, tw- I think we have 25 members now. And they all do that process and submit them to the secretary. Right. What's the secretary do? Uh, he tabulates all those votes. Like he'll, he goes it through and turns into a score of sorts. Yeah. Right. Then he ranks, you know, it's usually like we'll have 10 movie nominees at the most um, and then five for any other category actor. Then he sends those to National or to St. Louis? Well, or? and then what he does is, at that point, he'll send them to us. We have, And then we'll have a, you know, this will be like the week kind of before our meeting. And then anything I've missed, then I watch the, you know, and if I, if I go through, I'm like, okay, well, I haven't seen this documentary. Or maybe like last year I saw like West Side Story like the night before our vote. Because <laughs> we, we didn't get a screening link. I had to go see it in theaters. So and, if it makes the... F- what I'm going to call the first cut, and you haven't seen it, you have to see it, or you want to see it at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to be able, I want to see everything that's on the nominee list, and then we'll vote. You know, sometimes we, you know, I mean, but that's we'll, why he sends it back the list back out, right? Say, hey, he'll, here's he'll send the us the nominees. Yeah, here's our nominees. If you didn't here's watch we, any of these, you better get on it. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll have our vote on the 22nd, and well, you know, I, I I'll live tweet that, you know. Would be one thing I do as as my duties as I, you know, I typically deal with little if if studios other outlets want to know hey when's Kansas City doing their awards they'll email me typically what what are you doing at this year Tim what, what's your next hope for the Kansas City Film Circle <sighs> I don't know man you know it, is it growing it is it's, it's getting a little bigger it's it? it's it's tricky because um um. You know, it's it's like you want to get younger people in, and you want to have a diverse group. Um, and we're not Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's like, it, it's about like trying to find representation, but you have to find representation that's good. You know, like, um, if you're a, a trans writer, you're not going to get in because you're a trans writer. You, I want, you have to be a good writer. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to have a body of work. Um but th- that's the goal is, is, is being able to have a diverse group, you know, which is, which we're getting better at because we are getting younger. I mean, you know, even though I'm 40. Diversity, but not for diversity for the sake of diversity's sake is kind of what you just said previously. Yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, and that's, but it's something that we have to be thinking about is making sure that we are inclusive and we have that voice. And I just think it's important also, you know, because, um, Essentially, you know, and I don't know, obviously, the sexuality of everybody in the group. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we're giving out an award like best LGBT movie, <clears> you know, um, like one year somebody, like one of the movies on our list, I was like, this is not even a, 
LGBT movie. I was like, did you put it on here because it's about two women? Because did you watch the movie? You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's like you need to have that voice in order for these kind of awards sometimes to have, you know, actual merit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And um, I guess, that, you know, otherwise we don't really do much. I mean, you know, we don't sometimes we sponsor screenings, stuff like that. But I don't know. Maybe we can get T-shirts or something. That'd be cool. Maybe we get pants. Pens, <laughs> pens, pens, and stickers. Um, but you know, it, it's fun. I, I imagine, I, like our president, he's been president for a couple of years, so I don't know if he's gonna. I've thought about running for. Well, that's president what I was wondering. Also. So, your treasurer is that a rotating position? Is that four years? Two I'll, years? Do, I'll do it as long as until until either I try to do something else or quit, or you know, I, somebody could also run. I think one year somebody ran against me and. I won, but what if you start like parading really bad movies or like Tim's lost his mind? We have got to get him. Well, out of yeah. Also, if yeah, if I'm not writing he my really has bad judgment, you know, <laughs> he <laughs> liked that new Avatar movie. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I was. You all saw right. it like probably a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. You know, in 3D, it's three hours long. So when they mail that, did they mail it to you, or did you get it? I saw that in theaters. So, oh, okay. so for that one, they, they you know, especially for movies like that, that one was. I had two two options. One had public in it, and one was press only. I hear there's some oh. pretty hardcore glasses in that. Um, gear. You have to wear gear. Yeah. Yeah, they're like Do you get to glasses. keep the gear? No. You have to give the gear back. Yeah. They're, yeah, and the, the good thing was is they fit over my regular eyeglasses. Because that's always been my problem. So wait a minute. You were wearing... Hold on, you were wearing your eyeglasses. Where you wait? You were wearing the like goggles over your. I guess you would have to. Yeah, I mean, they're not you necessarily goggles. They're just they're like a. I mean, it's they're sunglasses, kind of. I mean, probably a little. I haven't bit. seen them. I've yeah. only heard about them, and I only heard about them via one of my favorite podcasts. Um, but yeah, fortunately, these are. They were described as. They were nice enough to fit. I mean, like you know, I mean, it wasn't like uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Where in the past it, it's hard to put. You know, I need. That to see, obviously, you know my glasses. So right, if I have to, right. if I have to take my glasses off to put on your 3D glasses, like for a few minutes, I was watching. I was like, oh my god, this is so it's it was hurting my eyes. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'll try this, and I pop my glasses on, 3D glasses over. I was like, oh, there we go. Then that picture popped. It was nice. So that's kind of a nice thing is we'll get a good clean movie, you know. And uh, even though we're getting a lot of these movies sent to us, most of the time there is options to see it also in theaters. Also, you go to a lot of those. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times, you know, when after you know, during the workday, like I got to leave early, I'm going to go do this tonight, or tonight at midnight, they're, they're going to show us, you know, yeah, whatever it is, the new Medea. Um, don't ask me why that came <laughs> into my head, but <laughs> they don't screen those actually. <laughs> Good, <laughs> you know, they, they they don't they don't want reviews for you know they're like you know what we've we've got our audience and we don't care what <laughs> critics are going to say about Medea, you know. Oh, uh, ten is it? Um, I don't know. Let's. Um, we kind of do this every week, but we're 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 talking to the rest of the public now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have you watched anything recently? Got you jazzed? You know, nothing. I don't know. Wednesday was fun. Did you finish it? Yeah. You did. Yeah, that was fun. It, um, it is. Okay. I like it. It was kind of a cute. I really like seeing what's her face play. Um, her mother. What's her mother's name? 
Louise Guzman plays the father. Right. And uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Playing Mort- Morticia Adams. That's yeah, fun watching her play that. That's fun. And that's Tim Burton. And Tim Burton can be hit, hit or miss. But that's been cool. Um, you liked Santa Camp, that documentary I recommended for you. Santa Camp? That was Yeah, that was an interesting documentary. And I like to watch documentaries like that because, um, as you can imagine, most of the stuff I'm that we're voting for in awards, it's the stuff they, you know, they give us here. Here, right. here. Here's some movies. Right. Which ones do you like? Which one would you give best picture to? So what I do, I always try to find movies that they're not necessarily mm-hmm. shoving down. So, you know, it's like I want to consider all, all these movies. So Santa Camp is one that I had on my list already. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, and then you said you would really liked it. So it, it moved up, you know, it just gotcha. kind of, I watched it sooner than I probably would have. Um, but it was interesting, you know, because it's a funny that there's a Santa camp. <laughs> um, but also it was, it was really interesting to watch them go through that. Like I just said, where, you, you know, they're like, you know, we have to be more diverse because that's what's out there. That's you know? basically what the documentary is And it was, about. it was fascinating because most of those guys, you know, I don't know, they're, they're all old dudes. Mm-hmm. So most of them probably didn't care, but there were certainly a few of them that probably did care, mm-hmm. but still didn't say anything because they knew that that diversity is important. And you see them make that turn emotionally and mentally. You see some of those mm-hmm. old white men who look like oh. Santa, who at first were like, really? We're going to let an African-American Dude, man in this I'm camp? totally getting the solidarity Santa next Next yeah, year for I mean, our yard? They, they hear this, Absolutely. They hear this wonderful man's story about how, why he did it, and it's as simple as the day is long. Yeah. He wanted his family, God forbid, to see that they're represented. He wanted his daughter specifically to see a black Santa. The whole Santa and, thing and is it, hilarious. But it was that, you know, the other people, um, uh, and we're on a tangent, but that's the point, and that's the beauty of this documentary, is that, you know, when they heard that his story firsthand, it immediately brought down their walls of prejudice. Yeah. Um, regarding the racial issue. Yeah, man. I mean, you get to know know new people is how you help break down those walls anyway. I mean, you know, yeah. it's hard to listen to somebody tell their story and not feel empathetic. I mean, and, you know, you, you may be able to make judgments about people, but once you sit down with somebody, you're like, oh, man. I mean, maybe that person's still a jerk. You know, but you also might see a totally different side. You're gonna see, you know, you're gonna be able to, um, kind of, yeah, like I said, empathize with. Well, at the with, same with time, the he's coming into your world, not your world. He's coming into your camp and wanting to be a part of it. And as you and I know, with our own endeavors, whether it's business or a film uh, group or whatever it is, someone wants to be a part of it. How dare you? Why would I? Why would you? Why would anyone want to shun? Yeah. A, a, you know, no. You can't be, no, we want to grow our group. Yeah, and just knowing that by them, you know, going to Santa <laughs> Camp, you know, for all, you know, the, if you just think about all the little groups they were telling the stories about um, that wanted to be there for different reasons. Um, but it was like, yeah, those old Santa dudes could be as judgmental as they want, but it wasn't anything <laughs> compared to what they were going to have to deal with after they were done. And they, they then they went out dressed as Santa. I mean, you saw the one where the, um, Proud Boys showed up. I mean, oh, the lady sat in her car on her phone going, "This ain't right." And right, just like right. get out of your car. I mean, or go home. Just that's the better idea. Go home and don't worry about this. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so it's like you know they could be judged by the, those those guys, but you know they have to go out in public after that, and 
and face people who are just like, are going to walk up to their face and be like, this ain't right, you know, and make them feel bad just because they want to dress like Santa. Well, that's or call themselves and, Dr. That's Santa. What I was saying, or that's the beautiful part is that he didn't have to be that. He didn't have to be confrontational. No. His neighbor was very confrontational. Yeah. And very, that would be terrible to be that man's neighbor. Um, but uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so that was I a forgot fun one, I was man. saying. Yeah, that was, that, was, that uh, was a good documentary. I'm glad I watched that one. Yeah. I forgot where I was going with that. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what, I think it, personally, maybe that's a good place to end is that, you know, that's what films do is they grab you with a marquee or a headline like Santa Camp. You read the description. You dive in. Yeah. You get hooked in those first 30 seconds. And that's when, that's what I, that's what I love. Um, and, you know, and it takes a subject like Santa Camp and turns it into something so much bigger, so much more emotional. You know, and that's that's to me that's the beauty of you know of, of the video, of the visual art, you know, especially the boy with um, uh, was it autism? Yeah, something like that. I mean, that's just it's just a beautiful story. Yeah, man, he just wanted to. He had a dream, and he he had so many limitations already, but he was like, "I'm not going to let this." And that's a documentary all on its own. You probably could about him that and his family and absolutely in his journey. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to, um, you know, here's an autistic boy in his 30s who wasn't supposed to live past you know, the age of whatever, and he thinks and wants to be Santa, and I'm going to fulfill that dream for him. Yeah. And give up my life to do it. Yeah. Bravo to you, lady. That's the documentary I want to see. Yeah, man. You could do a whole, whole story, a whole one just on, on the, that family, absolutely. And just even, it's not even Santa Camp, probably. Hey, speaking just... of, you had to watch that because you had to watch... You did a documentary. We have a documentary award. Award, yeah. What yeah, we... so that, that'll go on my, when I submit, that'll okay, go on so my. Okay, so that, that didn't happen. That wasn't a separate. Award. No, this, okay. this the, you know, that movie will go on my list of nominees for okay. documentaries. And I need to watch more docs, so I, I, I can't necessarily say other ones that I've got right now. But, okay. Um, but yeah, that, that'll definitely go on there. Just, again, it's kind of different. It's off the beaten path from, I mean. Uh, sometimes I'll go through and I'll look at something like IndieWire and kind of see where their projections are for the Oscars just to kind of keep in my head, what do I need to be watching? What do I need to make sure I see, you know, if there's anything off my radar, you know, that can usually help me. And I haven't seen that on any documentary list. Yeah, because you have to stay on top of everything. Yeah, I think it's hard. So, yeah, man, so I listen to a lot, watch a lot of movies, a lot of TV, listen to a lot of music, you know, because, you know, but and then and then I come here. You're a leadhead. <laughs> then I come here and write for you, and sometimes we shoot Nerf balls at each other. <laughs> you know, the Nerf grenade. We do have um, Nerf wars. Yeah, man. Yeah. So sometimes work is a break from life, and sometimes my life is a break from work. Yeah. Amen. It, it goes, you know, because there are some days that I'm like, oh my god, I want to go to work. Like I was ready to come back. Were you? Yeah, after our break. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we close between Christmas and New Year's, and it's approximately ten days, give or take, how the holiday falls. And well, with the that can snow, be a bit of time especially this time, they got snowy and cold right before, so we kind of shut down a little, you yeah. know, a day or so earlier than expected. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, yeah, so it's like absolutely. Sometimes I've got so much going on at home that I'm just like, oh, 
<laughs> you know, like weekend. It's like, how was your weekend? I'm like, what? What a weekend! Because I'm like, got so much I'm doing that it's like I'm. It's like constantly I get up at the same time. I'm doing stuff all day, and then I'm, you know, so it's like come back. It's like, all right, it's Monday. I can go and sit there at my in my in, at my work desk and just you know focus on one thing rather than. So you don't want to be working from home. <laughs> Working from home is is fine every now and then. But kidding. Yeah, but you know, it's just yeah, it's just it's not for me, man. I know. Not for me. All right, man. Should we shake hands and go do some advertising? Let's do it, buddy. Thanks for having me, Michael. Hey, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being a good podcast partner. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Little Agency That Roars podcast. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on FasoniPartners.com under podcast. Be sure to subscribe, be sure to like, and leave a review. If you want to submit an interview or submit yourself for an interview, please email roar at FasoniPartners.com. That's R-O-A-R at FasoniPartners.com. Thanks. Thanks.